This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there. Joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Uh, All right. So, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Also, we're going to start out with a special guest tonight. He is Chris Lawless. And those who've listened to the show for uh, you know a little while have probably heard Chris before. He usually calls in right around this time of year when exciting things are being announced about the upcoming 2013 Liberty Forum. It is one of the two yearly events that the Free State Project puts on here in New Hampshire to kind of showcase some of the activism that goes on up here and the activists and the things that they're up to. And also uh, have some great panel discussions and speeches and special guest speakers from all across the country. And, of course, Free Talk Live, we will be broadcasting live from the 2013 Liberty Forum. It's always a great time. It is, as we have for, what, the past forever of the Liberty Forums? I think we've done every one of them, right? Lots and lots of our listeners come up to sort of meet us and enjoy the Liberty Forum and things like that. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a really good time. So uh, Chris Lawless is with us here from freestateproject.org. The website, by the way, for the Liberty Forum is freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mark, Julia, how you guys doing? Good, good to have you uh, on the show tonight. Now, there's obviously a big announcement, I guess, coming up with a with a keynote speaker, but I haven't seen any announcements whatsoever for any of the the other speakers because there's normally a just a above, a bevy of speakers at uh, Liberty Forum. Are you just going to give us a keynote tonight, or are we going to get more than that? Um, I'll give you a couple of the others. Um, yeah, we have not really announced, and a lot of that's my fault. I've had a lot of uh, work travel, so I haven't been able to announce things, but I'm back in New Hampshire and I'll be able to start promoting some of the speakers, and I figured that there's no better place than to call in a Free Talk Live and uh, give you guys the exclusive on who the keynote is. You are the man. I appreciate that. So, so who is it? You, the keynote speaker is actually someone who speaks highly favorable about the Free State projects. He's done it in videos, in his books, and it's uh, Tom Woods. Hey, oh, great! Tom Woods is one. awesome. He's a historian, but uh, speaks you know speaks a great deal to econo- economic issues, also. Yeah, it's um, I mean, it's kind of weird. He's never spoken at a Free State Project event, and he and I were speaking about two months ago when uh, we started talking. And uh, on Saturday night, he's our keynote speaker, and he's looking forward to it. He grew up in the Northeast, so he'll he'll get back to see some family and friends, and then uh, give a speech on Saturday night. Cool. So he's going to be, you said, the Saturday night keynote speaker. Uh, there will be another keynote speaker for Friday night, so that one is still to be announced, I take it? Correct. Um, we have two people in mind. The invitations are out to both of them. Um, you know, We'd be lucky if we get both, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully it will be very soon where I have a, a Friday night. But we are going to do something slightly different this year. We're actually going to have a dinner on both nights, Friday and Saturday night. Um, we felt that in years past, sometimes when we don't have a dinner, people leave. So we figured, you know what, we're going to keep the price the same. We're just going to squeeze in an extra dinner. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know how you're doing that. The price uh, is already ridiculous for the Liberty <laughs> Forum. I mean, you're talking about, what, a three-day event? Is that right? That's correct. And there's even some events on Thursday for people who come in early. Right. and, and Like uh, the State House Tour? And yep. when Yeah, the State House Tour is, is one they do on Thursday. But if you get in and you get the early bird special, which I'm sure you're going to tell us how to go about getting here shortly, um, what is the rate for the, – the, the lowest rate one can get if one gets in early? 
$199. What? It's ridiculous. I like I said, I don't know how you do it because we, uh, we go for we put we go for one con, uh, you know, one-day conventions, radio conventions, they're grand. Well, no, the tickets aren't that expensive for a one-day, uh, but they're they used to be like 400 bucks a piece for a, a you know, one night. So it'd be one day and another day. Mm-hmm. It'd be 400 bucks a piece and all you'd get is, you know, a You'd get a, a little soiree, a luncheon, and an open bar here and there. And I've 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 actually looked into what it takes to put together a convention like this with you know renting out a hotel space and dealing with all the food packages and the I mean the the amount they charge you for those those dinners I mean it, the amount they charge the organizers is pretty significant. So I mean you can't be making money at this. No, it's um, we actually we it probably runs slightly in the black only because I'm fiscally conservative and I don't like to be in the red. Mm-hmm. But we the goal is to try to break even. The Free State Project doesn't try to make money on this event. We really just want people to come to New Hampshire, see what the activism is about, and then decide to move here. That's that's what this event is all about. It's not about making money. And it's amazing that you've been doing it for so many years now and been doing a great job year after year. Uh, so thank you for, for coming back on board and, and bringing your expertise back on for this. Uh, so what else? Uh, do what we are need? the other speakers? Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about these other speakers, and I, I want to know. So one that you guys probably know, um, Corey Doctorow. Uh-huh. Oh, Corey wow. Doctorow. We talked to him sure. once upon a time. Yeah, he wrote the, the book Little Brother. Well, the great news is his um, in February – He's actually releasing his sequel to that novel um, called Homeland. Cool. So he's going to be in the States doing a book tour, and we luckily enough, we fit right in his schedule. So Great. on Saturday, he's going to be – we're looking forward to – we try to get him every year to the Liberty Forum. So this one he can only make. Perfect. Uh, another one, he's probably not a well-known name to many people. Um, he is, for some people in the Ron Paul movement who also you know, talk to the journalists, it's Declan McCullough. Oh, yeah. Sure, Declan McCullough, right. So, um, you know, we've always run into him. He's covered the event before. Yeah, he has been there. That's where I met him once was at uh, at the Liberty Forum. He's great. I mean, Declan McCullough, we've read a number of his articles over the year here or over the years here on Free Talk Live. And he's kind of bounced around from different uh, website to different website. But he's always like the man when it comes to kind of reporting on the technology police state as the government continues to encroach on our freedoms electronically. He's really – he's Johnny on the spot when it comes to really following that process. Yeah, and, and the best part is he always puts a spin like, you know, here's the technology, here's the libertarian slant, and here's how it's going to affect you personally. So it's great that he can take all that, you know, and show us how it's going to affect us. Cool. So two two pretty geeky uh, guests there, Declan McCullough and uh, Corey Doctorow. That's yeah, pretty Corey Doctorow is uh, you know pretty cl- getting close to mainstream. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been you know he's he's a well published author, right? Yep. And um, he's also does the Creative Commons, which I think is another interesting spin that I'll probably end up talking about. Um, so that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Um, there's a repeat speaker who. He was so – he actually really enjoyed the the Liberty Forum, and he wrote a long article about it, and he and I have been talking throughout the year. It's uh, Jeff Tucker. Woo! Oh, great. That's um, exciting. Uh, Jeff Tucker was really – From the Mises Institute? Yeah, from the Mises yep. Institute and laissez-faire books at right. LFB.org. He is now the owner of laissez-faire, correct? He's involved. I yeah. don't know what the specifics are as far as ownership goes, but uh, he was a, a real high point for me um, in last year's Liberty Forum. Yeah, it, it was just he set this tone off perfectly, um, and he and I had some long conversations. Um, we're actually 
you know, in discussions with some other uh, friends of uh, Jeff's, and we're going to try to get them to come and live before him. So hopefully next time I call, I can um, tell you who they are. That's great. So, and I can give you one more speaker right now is um, someone I believe you both know is Ben Stone. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. The bad, bad, bad Quaker. Quaker. Right. He Absolutely. is really sharp, always has interesting things to say. His podcast is excellent, uh, and it's really something you can dig into and, and yeah, learn a lot from. It's, it's academic um, and studious. I mean, he's really... He's the dude's con- brilliant. Yeah, he's- yeah. He's really concerned about every word he says, and I think that it's going to be a great a great speech that he gives. I'm excited, Chris. I mean, it already sounds good. It's just, even if I didn't know who was going to be speaking there, I would want to be at the Liberty Forum because there's hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out in the same hotel together. And it's just a really good time from that basis. And the speakers are just kind of like the icing on the cake. Absolutely. One of the things that it's kind of funny, I don't get to see a lot of the speakers just because I'm busy organizing it. And just being in the hallway alone, knowing that there's all these freedom fighters out there, either in New Hampshire or they're moving to New Hampshire, that alone is worth the price of admission. So when is it? It is February 21st will be the Thursday events. And then... 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of February in the same hotel as last year, the Nashua Crown Plaza. And where can people go to register? At freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. It's freestateproject.org slash Liberty What's Forum. the early bird special code? The, it's $199. That's what it is right on the thing. You don't, don't need a code. It's just, okay. it's just the deal you get when you go there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Chris, uh, stand by. I got something for you off the air. More coming up here. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. So, uh, plenty to discuss. Your calls, of course, are the primary element, 855-450-FREE, if you, want, uh, if you would like to join us. Also, want to invite you to our website. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone and you want to tune in, perhaps, to our live streams from your smartphone. Go to m, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find links to the broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. We've got different bit rates for different internet connection uh, bandwidth capacities, so you can go to m.freetalklive.com and find one that works for you. Phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is the company that handles accounts receivable. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. What's going on there, buddy? Uh, I don't know. Something from a web browser, (laughs) I think. Okay. And uh, you can find SACL CAI by uh, heading on over to freetalklive.com. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI has been with us for a very long time. And, uh, you know, if you've got a company, do business with them. SACL CAI. All right. So we 
There's been a, somebody around here locally that's been doing some petitioning uh, for something that is it seems to be hitting nationwide. According to Examiner.com, as a result of the election last week, Americans in 15 states, and I've heard that number is now up to 19 states, have filed petitions to secede from the United States, according to a report at Red Alert Politics. So far, says Regina Conley, residents in Louisiana, Texas, Kentucky, Colorado, New Jersey, and 10 other states have filed petitions with the White House petition site requesting secession. A petition for New York to secede was filed by CR of Grand Forks, North Dakota, on Saturday. Examiner Sheila Carroll says those other states include Montana, North Dakota, Indiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Oregon. And uh, apparently there was someone in Louisiana, in Slidell, that filed a petition at the White House, We the People site, requesting that Louisiana be allowed to secede, saying, quote, When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among powers, among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws in nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them the separation. The petition reads, quoting the Declaration of Independence, as of the writing of this particular article, that petition had 8,162 signatures and needs 16,838 to reach a goal of 25,000. And as I understand it, when these signatures uh, counts reach 25,000, they're supposedly, I guess the White House is supposed to respond in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we have received your petition. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what level of response uh, one can expect, and I don't expect that their response is going to be, oh, yeah, that'd be fine. You can just go ahead and secede. Well, I uh, saw a quote today that said that the uh, government folks would, you know, talk, talk it over and uh, take, take you seriously and discuss it, which is... The White House people yes. would? I, I think it's interesting that you have to get together 25,000 people mm-hmm. in order to be taken seriously. Um, that's a, to me, seems, you know, kind of silly. If So, I mean, you know, these states are, are constructs. I mean, you can look at them. Many of them are drawn with straight lines. They, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so the people on one side of the line's opinion matters and the other people on the other side of the line's opinion doesn't matter in these states. And it's just, they're artificial constructs. Mike. My question is, is how come I can't secede? You know, this is this is something I, I would like to do mm. is I would like to get together with some friends of mine on a large piece of property and secede. Oh, I agree completely. And that's uh, don't worry. We'll take care of our own electricity. We've got solar panels. Don't worry. We'll take care of our own water. We've got water. Don't worry. If we come on to your property, we're happy to give you money as far as using the roads. We'll pay an entrance tax to come into the United States. Mm-hmm. Fine and dandy. But why can't I buy a thousand acres, 10,000 acres? There are people, you know, there was a list on, I think it was Forbes, the largest landowners. There are people with a million acres out there. Well, now, I don't assume that they're all put together in one place, but a million acres is bigger than a lot of countries in this um, in this world. Why can't that person get together with their peeps and uh, you know just secede? Why does it have to be a state? And why do I need 24,999 other people to tell me this? Either I'm a free, sovereign individual or I'm your serf. I agree with you. When I was first presented with this uh, petition concept, I immediately did not like it for multiple reasons. I, I have since sent it out to my friends on Facebook anyway uh, because I was convinced to do so. But uh, right yeah, I don't up, think it's a bad idea. Right up front, my objection is, one, 
I don't need to ask anyone's permission to secede. I have already seceded from the federal government personally. So I've already done what you're suggesting, Mark. I suggest that you also declare your personal independence. You can sign the Shire Society Declaration and do that over at ShireSociety.com. Anyone can do this. So I've already declared my personal independence. Didn't uh, feel like I had to beg anyone's permission to do that. Secondly, it's kind of creepy to me that I would have to register on the Whitehouse.gov website in order to be able to sign the petition. So when Is this I, new? This, this concept? Uh, no, this I don't is the know thing that long. they've been doing with the, the pot uh, thing all along. Okay. No, 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 no. You, what you're talking about is the, the, the question that was uh, submitted to Barack Obama right after he, he was elected in 2008 about marijuana. That's what you're referring to? A lot of questions were submitted. Well, no, what they did was they had some sort of a contest where people would submit a question to this website. I don't know if it was this particular site or a different site. And then the most aggregated submitted question, the most popular question would be answered. And the most popular question was, you know, what about uh, decriminalizing marijuana? And his response was, yeah, screw you. We're not going to do anything like that. Yeah. uh so, no, I don't think that was the same website, but okay. it's that same concept of we're an interactive presidency. You can, you know, petition us, and here you go. Now, the funny thing is you've got to get 25,000 signatures for whatever the petition is. So if you are in a state like New Hampshire where there's only 1.5 million people, you have to get 25,000 petition signatures. If you are in Texas where there's 25 million people, you have to get 25,000 petition signatures. So in more populated states, it's a, it's a lot easier to get something on. But this petition wasn't necessarily intended to be for pe- for states seceding. I mean, it doesn't work for states seceding. These petitions, the idea, oh, this the, whole, process. the, the yeah. petition process wasn't set up for states seceding. It was set up for Americans to bring forth their grievances. Yeah. And I think it's great. I think that you know redress of grievances is in the First Amendment to the, the, the Constitution of the United States. It's important, and it's one that's often overlooked, and I, I, I support the— uh, the White House pretending to redress our grievances, because I don't believe that they're going to do that for a second. I think that this is all a bunch of hooey in order to uh, you know, make us feel like we're interactive with the government. I agree. I think that they're going to blow this off. In fact, some people were saying that but today— I would like to point out, I signed this petition, and I signed it quickly. Did and your I name s- show up on the petition? Yeah. Some people were saying that today, uh, for every six people that claimed that they were signing, only one name was showing up on the petition. Mine showed up, from what I could tell. Mine showed up, too. I don't know if there's any truth to that claim. That's just what I heard from some of the people that were out there promoting it today. Is that, hey, names aren't showing up on this petition. Uh, So, you know, there's no reason why they would have to address this or they wouldn't pull the plug on it before it reached 25,000. But I think it's it's useful, and we can talk a little bit more about the idea here in a moment, 855-453. I think it's useful to publicize the idea of secession. So people will start talking about it, because that's what's really important. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
Take control of the airwaves. All you have to do is dial in via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. That number for you is 855-453. It's 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Head on over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Uh, You can enjoy them all, including the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam to make it easy for you. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. Like the rest of the features on our website, it's free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Have you ever wanted to take a complaint to trial but didn't want to spend the money on an attorney? Howtowinincourt.com is the solution. It's a course for people who don't have an attorney. It teaches you the court's rules, and until you know how to use the court's rules, you're just fighting in the dark. You don't have a chance against uh, people who do know the rules in the court. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. As a matter of fact, courts around uh, the world that use the English common law system. It's written so that the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. This is the new and improved jurisdictionary course. If you remember us talking about that in the past, uh, this is howtowinincourt.com has been taken to the next level. Uh, Their brand new website has all kinds of free tools there. Go there. Use the free tools. Check it out. Buy the course. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. Howtowinincourt.com. All right, let's go to uh, the phones here. We can continue the secession talk in a moment. Lord Kane is on the line from Beyond the Grave. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. How are you today? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to defend uh, my economic theories. I think uh, <laughs> I think you you, need, you neo-northerners are, are quite interesting. Um, you know, you hearken back to old Germanic beliefs of individuality and things like that, but... Uh, you know, I, I guess my first question would be is, is what, what if, imagine a world where it was true that my economic theories worked and provided the most prosperity for all, would you accept them anyway? Like, like I, I understand you believe that they don't work, but if they did work, would you accept them? Are you were talking about Keynes, Keynesian economics here? Yes. Is that, was he named Lord Kane? Uh, Keynes? Keynes. I, I yes, I'm. I am Lord Keynes. I, I was, oh, Keynes. Uh, I guess our board operator mis, uh, misspelled your last name. I apologize. Yeah. So Sorry. you know, I, 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 it's some people certainly believe that your uh, your economic ideas are what works. Like everyone in government. Uh, like Except a lot of people in government, and uh, certainly all the Green Party people that I talked to when I was down in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week ago. Um, but you know, the one of the problems with them is is that. They force people to do things. I mean, these are all these are all big government programs, and the government treats people as though those people are cattle, Everyone as though they're livestock, not necessarily cattle. Requires that many people hold it. the The brilliance of of my economic theory is that it requires actually the fewest amount of people to believe it than any other. Sure, your theory requires a whole bunch of people to agree to leave you alone and allow you to hoard your resources and to stint the economy by having people uh, shoving dollar bills under their mattress. Um, you know, because life is all about incentives. You wake up, you go to bed, you go to work, you hold your radio show. All of this based on incentive. My theory creates an incentive process which, which develops prosperity, not some kind of ported, gated-off community um, 
you know, incentives but where it's where an incentive process for the smallest group of people, and that group of people is the state. It's it's people that are willing to use guns, bullets, bombs, uh, police officers, and jail cells to get what they want. Exactly. Well, can we talk about what this theory is, though? I mean, briefly, can we talk about what the theory is? I mean, what are the what are the basic tenets of Keynesianism? Isn't inflation one of them? Yes, well, what you want to do is create a monetary supply that can be adjusted manually. So this means creating a supply which um, is not dependent upon the number of natural resources, but can be adjusted based on uh, how the economy is working. Well, because, when you say uh, that, you mean the whims the of bureaucrats, right? You mean that, you know, at a whim of somebody who can pull a handle, they can uh, print out some more money. Look, everybody can point to an ugly example of, of their theory, right? Bush <laughs> called himself a capitalist, right? But you certainly wouldn't, uh, wouldn't run around uh, wanting me calling that capitalism, right? The anarcho-communist called, was what Stalin called his regime, you know, and, and Hitler is what um, national socialism was. But if you talk to any neo-Nazis, you know, most of them will say that what happened in Nazi Germany isn't what's to be done. And so it, it's all an issue of applying the theories correctly and honestly. And, you know, this, this is the biggest problem that we have in any theory. And so it really, it really comes down to is how, what percentage of the population is required to adhere to your theory in order to create prosperity for everybody. Your uh, neo-Nordic um, individuality, you know, of the Germans where, oh, you know, every man for himself and whatever, you know, requires a large population is what the United States ran on you know, in the early West days, and it was okay as long as everybody believes it, but starts to break down, you know, as soon as you have an outside threat like uh, Nazi Germany, imperialistic Japan, or, or even Italia's Mussolini, whereas um, my economic theory applied to um, the government, specifically uh, neocon. So, Lord Keynes, theory. Now, I, I get where you're coming from, and I think efficiency is important uh, in any I'm economic... Missing on my grave. <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> What did he say? <laughs> Something about urinating on his grave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, well, the answer to his question is, is no. I wouldn't support Keynesianism or socialism or um, any of these other economic theories, even <laughs> if they were the mo- more efficient, uh, because they uh, they have, uh, you know they they subjugate human freedom. Let me ask you this: If he's the, gone, if I know, okay. uh, I'm not asking him. I'm asking the listener. Yes. If the Matrix was the most inf- uh, effective way to manage humans, to put them in little tubes and uh, mm. keep them asleep in a computer world. Extract their energy and from extract them. their energy from them. Would you support it? If that was the mm. most efficient way to keep the most people safe and the, you know, have the fewest... You'd be safe. Yeah, yeah. The fewest uh, death rates and, and that kind right. of thing. Would you support it? Well, no, because it subjugates human freedom. And only to a lesser extent when some humans calling themselves the state treat other humans that they call civilians or citizens or whatever term as their property, as their livestock. That's what the efficiency we're talking about is. The efficiency is running an efficient human farm. I'm not sure that I understood his point about everybody having to believe in capitalism for it to work. Well, Well, was he talking about capitalism or was he talking about the Austrian economic theory? I think he's talking about Okay, whatever um, he was talking, he's talking about human freedom. And it's true. Here on Free Talk Live, we preach simply one thing. And that one thing is don't hit, punch, shoot, or threaten to do any of those things to other human beings. And that's what we're trying to get 
other people to agree on. Most people agree like, with that. Well, most people do agree with that already. So we're really looking to convert a small level of the population. And the the, po- the population that has not been converted largely agrees. They, they may not agree universally, but they agree that they don't want to be uh, punched, hit, uh, you know, stuck with a, a, you know, a knife or whatever when they don't want to. So, you know, we pretty much have everybody on board already. That's the only thing that creates human freedom is to keep people from, uh, you know, doing these things to others. Now, there's some people that will do it on their own. There's other people that will get organized. The people that are most organized and most successful at it call themselves the government in whatever given landmass this is. Right. Uh, I got the the impression that he was talking about our individualistic Austrian kind of viewpoint comparing economic systems uh, there. And in which case, I don't think anyone needs to know how that works because basically it's hands-off. It's uh, it's laissez-faire, right? Like, let's let the market decide all these things. Let the market decide money. Let, uh, you know, not ha- let's not have one set of bureaucrats deciding how much money should be in the system at any given moment or what interest rates should be and let all of these things be shaken out by market competition and open free market competition people don't need to know how that works people don't need to to understand the mechanism for it to be successful when it comes to the free market is that right it, it, essentially, I mean, right. I, people just, just have to follow their own incentives. Austrian economics is really just what economics used to be before Keynesianism came along. Eight five five four fifty free—that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But the people in government are followers of the this Keynesian scheme, which is all about having a central control of bureaucrats and then making arbitrary decisions for the money in the country, which is not a good thing for the rest of us. It's free talk live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. Once again, freetalklive.com. And the features that you'll find on the site include archives that go way back, all the way back to late 2006. Maybe you like the fact that we give away all the stuff on the website. Maybe you would like to help support the show. There are different ways for you to do that. One of them is by shopping with us. Uh, you can do that by going to shop.freetalklive.com. There you will find links to Amazon and different links, uh, meaning there's Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and Amazon US. You just click into the right one for you, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. It's the same great Amazon experience, same great deals, free super saver shipping, huge selection. Everything you're used to, it's just you're starting the shopping experience through our website, so Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. Once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we were talking previously, before we ended up going off uh, to talk to Lord Keynes from Beyond the Grave, uh, we were discussing secession. 
And according to the examiner at examiner.com, there are now 15, maybe 19, I think I saw an update to the article uh, today saying, yeah, it's now 19. Uh, people are, have, they've been filing petitions on the whitehouse.gov website, basically saying, hey, uh, White House, are you going to let us leave if uh, Texas or Louisiana or one of these other states decides to go for secession? Are you going to let it happen? Are you going to let it happen peacefully? Is basically what they're petitioning for. Are these states that were are considered red states? Like I know Texas, I don't know. for example. Because the article I saw about this suggested that it was because they didn't like that Obama had been reelected. It's probably true. That's probably, I would say, a motivating factor for some people. I'd but also I, like to point out that this isn't the state government of any of these states no. that has put this in. I mean, you could go to Hawaii and be, um, which was the biggest Barack Obama supporting uh, state out there, and somebody could put in one of these petitions. And Hawaii would probably have enough petitions to make the threshold. The way this system works is there has to be 150 petition signatures for the petition to be searchable on the WhiteHouse.gov right. website. So there are some other petitions out there working that have not yet garnered the 150 signatures for other states, uh, and I think New Hampshire is one of those. Uh, so there's some efforts to get New Hampshire's up there. But the reason for this, to me, isn't to necessarily ask permission to secede or you know, somehow give notice to the, uh, the White House or whatever. It's just to simply maybe get people talking about secession I pass am, this around. I was very pleasantly surprised when I saw this article today. Um, just this one just we're the fact about? that, yeah, there's so many states that are even discussing, or not, I know it's not the actual states, but that, that 25,000 people in each one of these states were willing to sign well, a Well, they haven't gotten to, I don't think any of them has gotten to 25,000. Maybe Texas already has, I'm not sure, uh, but I know that as of the writing of this article, the one in Louisiana was up to 8,000. I mean, so it's doable. Like in a place like Texas, 25,000 isn't going to be that hard to right. to make happen. It's really about organization. It's hard no matter where you are. Right. Uh, so according to... I, I kind of wonder about this is um, you could sign any of these petitions being from outside the state. So if I wanted to go... I've now Yeah, anyone anywhere can sign these. So I yeah. guess I could sign that for Louisiana too. You could. Yeah. In fact, you're right, Julia. The Texas petition is at 37,000. Uh, 37,849 at this moment. So, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about the fact that there would be 37,000 people willing to sign something that says, like, that, that even involves secession. Right. And obviously, I'd love for New Hampshire to be the first state to go, but I would love to see any state uh, do it. Let, let's, let's compete and let's see which state can secede first, because as soon as one goes, maybe the dominoes will begin to fall well, at that there's- point. There's good reasons, uh, you know, like Texas would be one of the top 20 economies in the world if it seceded. Sure. California would be one of the top 10 economies in the world if it seceded. So there's every good reason why these places would want to do such a thing. Right. And there's no good reason to stay in the Union. There's right. none. You know, this is uh, the way the United States has sort of run its military is zip its military, specifically the Navy, keeps the shipping lanes clear for everyone i mean it's in it's in the united states benefit to keep the shipping lanes clear but it's not it it, so so it benefits everyone around the world costa rica for instance has no military but benefits from the united states taxpayer paying for the united states navy to keep the shipping lanes clear but that doesn't why does that affect me 
So they keep these things, uh, you know, this sort of this economic uh, market failure from what they're talking about. This is the, the way that the way that they go about doing this. They force everyone to pay for it. Look, if you want free shipping lanes, you should pay for free shipping lanes. Mm-hmm. I do. And I'm prepared to pay a little extra in a product that's shipped from a foreign country because that uh, sure the security know, costs can be built into that the company that country you know that foreign country or whatever the people doing the shipping would have some kind of security for their boat. I get it, and I think that likely the government's uh, way of keeping things clear is probably inefficient. That's my experience with the government that it pays somewhere between three times and thirty times too much for things. According to the Texas petition, it says the following, the U.S. continues to suffer economic difficulties stemming from the federal government's neglect to reform domestic and foreign spending. The citizens of the U.S. suffer from blatant abuses of their rights, such as the NDAA, that's the one that allows for indefinite detention. Of American citizens. Of Americans, yep. The TSA, etc. Given that the state of Texas maintains a balanced budget and is the 15th largest economy in the world, it's practically feasible for Texas to withdraw from the union, and to do so would protect its citizens' standard of living and re-secure their rights and liberties in accordance with the original ideas and beliefs of our founding fathers, which are no longer being reflected by the federal government. Uh, the Oregon petition says that it wants you the state to— You always got to quote the founding fathers. You know that, that, that gives credence to whatever yeah. it is you're saying. The Oregon petition wants the state to remain an ally of the United States and possibly vote to rejoin the union once the citizens of Oregon felt the federal government was no longer imposing what it calls a tyrannical government that cares nothing about the future of Oregon's children. So each of these petitions is not the same. There's, uh, you know, definitely the, the the similar thread is secession, but the reasons for secession are a little different. And, uh, you know, so they're obviously people— Oregon's in- a blue state too, right? Yeah, right now. Um, Yes. uh, But obviously people feel differently in Oregon. You know, they have different needs and wants and desires than people do in New Hampshire. But I really think, frankly, it's quite ludicrous to even divide these things by states. You know, some people in the United States government drew some lines on a map and Mm -hmm. those places are somehow sovereign and important and significant. The fact is, is that I think that free people should be able to decide how their lives are going to go. So why don't you declare your independence then? I, 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 you know, I frankly don't believe that there's any point in declaring my independence because as a slave, declaring their independence is pointless. Well, if enough people declare their independence and then start acting like they have to act like it. That's what it comes well, down to. That's what I mean. To. Declare your independence and act like it. Well, to, to declare my independence, I have to stop paying, stop filing income that's tax right. and things that like that. That would be a good step. Frankly, it scares me. Uh, you know, I've got. Guess you're just going to be uh, enjoying your shackles then. Uh, you know, the. Look, the state, the slaves. I'm just saying, you're the one here saying, "Hey, we need to declare personal independence." And then when I say, "Why don't you try that?" No, no, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I suggested that I have the right to personal independence. Oh, I see. I see. You're just not willing to do it. I, I, I'm not. Okay, that's cool. I, look, I mean, I've hey, got the taskmaster's got, got the whip. I've got a wife and I've got a kid. And the taskmaster's on a horse with a whip, and you're screwed. This right? is probably why slaves didn't leave plantations and yeah. uh, homes because they had relationships. So in that case, since most people like you aren't willing to declare their own personal independence, then that's why people focus on the state. Because that's a safer way sure. for them to do it, right? They feel like, well, if we can get our state government to uh, you know, demand independence, then they won't come down on us personally. I support this program completely. State secession, you mean? The state secession. I just want to make it clear why I support it. I support it because it is a decentralization of government. However, I believe in decentralization on down to the individual. I agree. I agree. That's As what well. I believe in.
I think that that's the only thing that's just. And here's why. I was your standard small government sort of republic, uh, have a republic libertarian out there, cops, courts, roads, these kind of things. But let's say you got some small little city state going and that small little city state says – we want to start a public school. Mm-hmm. We want everybody in this. Uh, everybody here benefits from uh, educated people. We want to start a public school, and everybody's going to pay for it. Well, I don't want to send my kid to that public school. Should I be obligated to send my kid? I think the answer, or not send my kid, but to pay for this, pay for other people's kids while my kid has to get educated at home or some other private school or something like that. And all I can come up with is no. So if I can't opt out, if I don't have the option of saying. You know, thank you for your uh, your stand in this area. I know what you want is for kids to be educated or whatever the reason, whatever the program is. Thank you for that, but I'm just not interested in your service. Thanks. 855-450-FREE. I'll post this to our Twitter and Facebook uh, to allow you to link to the article, and maybe that'll help you find one for the state that you're living in. You can sign that petition. By the way, I used a throwaway email address to sign up. I did not use my regular email address. I did not want them having it at whitehouse.gov. As if they don't have it. Throwaway emails like uh, <laughs> yopmail.com. More coming up here. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity A scientific genius and his clever assistant Set out on an adventure through the solar system On a secret mission to find the key To access new frontiers and save liberty Quantum vibe There's a robot girl and zany creatures Made with genetically engineered features And corporate villains crave the opportunity This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com as we launch in to the second hour of the program with you tonight. It's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. Julia is here courtesy of Puke and the Gang. You can go and hear more of her over at pukeandthegang.com. Uh, 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. We've been talking about secession there's news from the examiner that uh, a bunch of states have uh, not the governments of those states but people in those states have put forth petitions to secede from the United States and this uh, these petitions have been filed over at whitehouse.gov which as i said you know kind of creeps me out i didn't really like the idea of, of having to register an account on their site in order to sign one of these petitions so if you're like me and that kind of creeps you out, although, Mark, you make a good point that they probably already know what my email address is. Um, <laughs> they probably know what the results of your TB inoculation were when you went to jail. I mean, if but, if the White House wants any information on Ian Freeman, they've got it. But the odds are the average person listening probably doesn't have an FBI file like that. So, you know, maybe they would be creeped out by this. In which case, I recommend a throw uh, throwaway email address if you would like to sign up, sign for one of these petitions or sign more than one. You can sign 
as many of these uh, secession petitions as you want. It doesn't require 25,000 people being in the same state. Uh, so it's, there's a bunch of different ones for different states. You could sign all 19 of them if you wanted to. And uh, if you want to use a throwaway email, and the one I used was yopmail, Y-O-P-M-A-I-L.com. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. And there's like Mailinator, Gorilla Mail. How do you get the mail off of those things, though, once you create the account? You well, they work. Some of them work in different ways. So, like on Yachtmail, you just go and you type in whatever you want the email address at Yachtmail to be. So Y O P Yup. Yeah, Y O P Mail dot com. So if I were to type in Mark Edge at Yachtmail dot com, then it would just show me whatever emails were there for that address. So like you could use an address that somebody else has already used in theory. You mm. know, if you, if you were to type in one two three four at Yachtmail, there's probably stuff being sent to that. So uh, you're just you're just able to get into whatever email address you want to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess you just it type does. it in on a website, and pff, there it is. It shows up. I guess you don't so, send anything very important there, right? Well, no, <laughs> that's exactly what these are for. They're throwaway emails, so you can sign up for you know if you're going to sign up for a porn site, and you don't want the wife to find out or something like that. You use Yop Mail. Uh, you sign up for something that you know you don't want to have notices coming from, or some company you don't trust that you think is going to send you some spam or maybe sell your email address to mailing lists. You can use this to protect you from that sort of thing. Gotcha. So that's what I used when I signed up for the WhiteHouse.gov account so I could sign the, the petitions. And uh, I think it's, it's really important to start talking about this. And what's interesting is I had one of the occupiers uh, contact me today, the Occupy New Hampshire folks, asking if I wanted to be a part of a, a Q&A session about the idea of secession. And, of course, I'm more than happy to help uh, with that. I'm, you know, I wouldn't style myself an expert at it, but I'm certainly a fan of the idea and I would do anything I can to promote the concept. So that, you know, that folks in Occupy are asking about this, I think is a, is a good indicator that the idea of secession has a uh, a wide cutting, you know, interest. It, it allows freedom for all kinds of ideas. Um, yeah. Because, as a matter of fact, uh, over in England, when you talk about the Liberal Democrats, which it just sounds like ah, oh, the last kind of group that uh, would be interested in decentralized government, but absolutely they are. They're in support of uh, you know Scotland's secession, Wales, and Corn- Cornwall, Cornwall. Anyway, um, you know all these places, these secession movements, they want more localized government there, and so there's nothing that says that. You know, those that might be liberals would necessarily want centralized government because they already know how difficult it is to deal with centralized government. Right. And, you know, people that have been paying attention to Barack Obama and all of the promises that he broke about hope, change, closing Guantanamo Bay, Tra- uh, uh, transparency, the war. Uh, yeah, transparency. These are all reasons to you know, support secession. Hey, this guy's a liar and the Republicans are, you know, no better. So why don't we just call it a day? Let's let's go ahead. This is an idea whose time has come and it has come again and it needs to happen this time, but in a peaceful manner. Because that was where it went wrong. I didn't meet too many Democrats that, uh, despite the fact that he didn't do those things, did not rally behind him in this election. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them had their excuses. Yeah. Well, I did meet a lot of Republicans that, despite uh, Mitt Romney being, uh, you know, somebody that they didn't vote for in the primary and thought to, to be a lukewarm moderate, that mm-hmm. didn't uh, rally behind him too. There certainly were some Ron Paul people that didn't and went and voted for Gary Johnson. But 
party politics people are going to be that way, you know, and I, and that's why I don't think I got as many votes uh, in the election was because people were probably just looking down those columns. Here in well, New Hampshire, they give you one column for Democrat, one column well, for Republican, and then another column for Isn't there a party. straight ticket option at the top, too? There used to be. They took that away, as ah. I understand it. But you can still just look down that ticket and then still check the ones. You don't even have to read the names, right? right. If you're a Republican voter, you just check all the Republicans. If you're a Democrat voter, you check all the Democrats and you call it, a, you know, that's it. Right. You ran for a political office here in New as Hampshire a as a libertarian and you got somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of the vote. You didn't even get the Republicans in town didn't even vote for you pretty much. That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure some of them did. I'm sure did some of them did. Vote, but they many. probably just voted for nobody, right? I would guess they left no it blank. Yeah. Republican candidate. Right. Yeah, I would guess they just skipped that one. So 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I don't know. There's not much else to say about it besides the fact that, hey, people are talking about secession. That's good news. And the more that people – But it happens t- every time a Democrat wins a major office. Does it? it? More and more. I mean, maybe it'll get bigger as time goes by, which is all the better reason to vote for Democrats for president, I guess. <laughs> one 450 free That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So that's always important. Start talking about it at, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Perfect time to talk about secession <laughs> with the family. Regale your family with stories of secession. Talk about it over the water cooler at work. Uh, talk about it online and your various different uh, online hangouts and that sort of thing. And pass around the petitions. Why not? I was listening to these guys on Free Talk Live, and they may be socially inept, but they were talking about secession and i think it's important that we talk about that (laughs) so in the meantime there's other news cbs new york reporting on an absolutely ridiculous story and it doesn't get much more ridiculous than this new york uh mayor michael bloomberg's food police have struck again outlawed are food donations to homeless shelters because the city can't assess their salt fat and fiber content oh dear god Glenn Richter arrived at a Westside synagogue on Monday to collect surplus bagels, fresh, nutritious bagels, to donate to the poor. However, under a new edict from Bloomberg's food police, he can no longer donate the food to the city's homeless shelters. It's the no bagels for you edict. According to the story, Richter said, I can't give you something that's a supplement to the food you already have. Sorry, that's wrong. Richter's been collecting food from places like the Ohav Zedek Synagogue and bringing it to homeless shelters for more than 20 years. Wow, this guy's dedicated. Yeah, but recently his donation, including a colant or carrot stew, was turned away because the Bloomberg administration wants to monitor the salt, fat, and fiber eaten by the homeless. Richter said he was stunned, said his family has eaten the same food forever and flourished. My father lived to 97, he says. My grandfather lived to 97, and they all enjoyed it, and somehow we're being told that this is no good, and I think there is a degree of management that be, uh, becomes micromanagement, and when you cross that line, simply what you're doing is wrong. Well, and in this case... What's strange about that is food like bagels, for example, is something that's on the government's own food pyramid as the most, uh, you know, the category that you should eat the most of, right? Grains? Grains. Yes, but these bagels might have extra salt. Okay, and they can't tell, so we gotta <laughs> better that you not eat at all than uh, it's you eat insanity. Something. Yeah, it's crazy, absolute insanity. But Mayor Bloomberg, a saltaholic himself, was unapologetic. <laughs> "Quote: of course This he is was. CBS News, by the way. Quote: He's doing it for your own good. For the things that we run, because of all sorts of safety reasons, we just have a policy. It is my understanding not of of not taking donations." Told that his administration recently enacted the policy, the mayor was Grinch-like. Oh, Quote, never mind. Then that's fine. <laughs> if they did it in the past, they shouldn't have done it, and we shouldn't have accepted it. 
is what he said. So look, hey, this is brand new. This hasn't always been your policy. This is the right way to do things. You well, should let the starving people speak yeah. to that. Richter said that over the years he's delivered more than two tons of food to the homeless. He said Mayor Bloomberg is eating away at his ability to do good. The ban on the who writes this stuff? The ban on the food donations was made by an interagency task force that includes the departments of health and homeless services. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Does anyone really support this? I mean, besides whatever company it is that's providing food services to the homeless uh, shelter, it's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They are free. And if you would like, you may support this program by going to the Promote page, promote.freetalklive.com. We've got uh, web banners and graphics, high-res graphics you can use to make your own Free Talk Live gear, for instance. Uh, you can do that, plus download flyers you can print out and more. Just go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a link. Uh, you'll also get details on how to get a free, uh, free Free Talk Live bumper sticker. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. So we've talked on this show about uh, the mortgage rates being at historic lows. And, you know, you've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot in the last 10 years. But it really is true. You can get a mortgage now at a much lower rate than you could, even when the last time they said uh, they were at historically low rates. And, when, you know, so it may be a good idea to take that 30-year fixed or that adjustable rate, if you still got an adjustable rate out there, and get a rate that's fixed. But consider for a second getting a 20-year 15-year or 10-year mortgage, you pay a lot less in interest on these. And with these low rates, you can probably get a similar payment to what you're paying in your 30-year fixed now and essentially have that uh, house paid off in a much much quicker way and have equity in it if you're going to sell even earlier than that. So um, go take a look at MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Again, it's MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Dot com. We have worked with Roger Schlesinger here on the show and uh, had, you know, frankly had a lot of success with him. And he's, he helps a lot of people uh, get the best rates on their mortgage. So MortgageMinuteGuy.com and ask him about you know 20-year, 15-year, 10-year fixed loan. And it'll see if it'll work out for you. MortgageMinuteGuy.com. All right. So the news is out of New York City where Michael Bloomberg and his staff have uh, – there's been a new edict – a, dic- a diktat has been handed down that will ban all food donations to homeless shelters in the city. Now, what's not entirely clear is whether or not this is only affecting government homeless shelters. I imagine it is, uh, but that's not – I'm not clear on that. I don't know how many homeless shelters in New York City are government-run versus privately-run. 
I know, for instance, here in Keene, New Hampshire, most of them are government-run, but there is there is one that's privately run. So I don't know if this is just a regula- regulation that only affects those government shelters or not. But either way, it's it's pretty outrageous that a man who's been collecting food, as he says he's collected over two tons of food for homeless people in New York City. Over a decade. Over uh, 20 years, I think 20 years, two decades. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it's a problem. Whoa, we've got we've to be able to test this stuff. We, we can't just be handing out free food to folks without knowing how much salt content it, there is and what kind of fat levels there could be there trans are. fat in this bagel. Right. So <laughs> here, how about instead of you uh, donating, that, donating that to us, why don't you just take it over to that dumpster over there? That'll be fine. Throw it away. That'll help people. Right, because that's what happens. I mean, that's what these... Uh, you used to work at a restaurant where they did donations of old uh, bakery goods. Right. Uh, and, you know, the stuff's going to get thrown out if somebody doesn't take it for a donation. Right. We donated it to the local uh, food sh- food bank. Yeah. Right. But it would have been thrown out had you not. Yes. There's no, there, nothing else you can do with that. It's right. going to go bad. Well, so it either goes into... It, you could give it to a pig farmer. Um, and this is go. another option is uh, you can go to, you know, livestock. The thing that doesn't make any sense about this at all is... How much salt do you think is in these extra food items? Like, you could only put so much salt in, and then eventually you would taste it, right? And you could go to the, any grocery store in New York City, and you could buy uh, a, a can of soup that would have 200 or 2,000 milligrams of sodium sure. in it. Like, how much more sodium is a bagel going to have or something like that? That doesn't make any sense. But they just have to know. It doesn't make a difference as to how much is actually in it. It makes a difference as to how much there could be in it. And there could be way too much salt in it. I mean, that's really what the fear is, is that... They're so concerned about the health of the city's homeless that they're not even going to let them eat anything that's been unapproved. It's disturbing. Uh, you know, it takes away the responsibility that uh, homeless people have for their own health. It's right along the same line as uh, the rules in Orlando and Philly and other cities around the country where you can't feed the homeless in city parks. I mean, they're making it as difficult as possible. But they're- this is worse because this isn't feeding homeless people, like just going to the park and feeding random people. This is donating food to a shelter. An approved shelter. I mean, it's it, it, takes, it takes it one step further. And what it looks like, uh, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist on this, but what it looks like is, is that the government doesn't want anybody to do private charity so that they can therefore say... They're the, the ones big, who are taking care of The big government apologists can therefore say, well, look, private charity doesn't work. Yep. I saw some people on Reddit, um, there were anti-libertarians or something like that. On Everybody li- on Reddit's an anti-libertarian. I, I don't know, but I mean, this was reading something there. And they were basically making fun of the Shire sharing program that goes on here that was put on by a free stater in order to help really? people as if, yeah, that's what they were saying, as if, you know, this is some way that we're trying to pretend like... You mean the Shire sharing program that feeds a bunch, like hundreds of families, yeah. turkey dinners, and In the like last that? couple of years, it yeah. just started up. I mean, this is a... a this is a new. I think startup. they're going to order like six hundred. I think they're going to get six hundred families. Six hundred meals. Like that, or six hundred meals. Like that. Yeah. It's a. It's an incredible program that feeds a lot of people, and to be cynical about that takes a really twisted individual. And well, what were they saying? Like basically that w- the reason that we're doing feeding w- w- six hundred families. Uh, they don't. They don't know the number, but feeding dozens of families um, over you know.
know, one night of the year, you know, just to 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 assuage our our you know guilt at being nasty libertarians that want to keep all our money because that's <laughs> the, that's the line from uh, the big government folks is that f- that libertarians are greedy, mm. not that libertarians believe the government is an inefficient and wasteful organization that actually harms the people that they purport to help. Yeah, not that. They, they won't listen to that. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear, if you don't want me to, to demand that your money be stolen at the point of a gun, if necessary. You must not be compassionate. Then, you Mark. must not be compassionate. Not that I'm going to willing to give my money to an efficient organization that's uh, you know, right. going to hand out this food in a much better way. Right. I mean, I uh, been in, having been involved in the local homeless shelter as a contributor to that organization – uh, you know, I've I've kind of heard a few things about how they run differently from the government homeless shelters in town, and it's better. It's it's run better than the government shelters. More efficient, yeah. and uh, so I mean, it's it's a clear choice. I don't want to support organizations that are run poorly. I don't want to support organizations that Why are run would wastefully. You? That's only going to get more poorly run organizations. Right. Who wants poorly run organizations? It's crazy. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything you want. Steve is in North Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Steve. Hey, gentlemen, and uh, I believe there's a lady there, too, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Go ahead, sir. Um, the uh, Last night, Mark was talking about Henry Gunter, who was the last uh, uh, soldier to die in World War II officially. World War I. World War One, rather, officially. Um, there's there's a little bit more to the story than, than the article that Mark was reading revealed. Great. I'd uh, love to hear it. Henry Gunter. Um, can you hear me? I'm, I might yep. be in a bad location. Sound okay. fine. Uh, okay, great. Um, <clears throat> Henry Gunter had written a letter home talking about how terrible the war was, how pointless it was, uh, and how bad army life, army life was. And it was intercepted by the Wilson administration. Oh, That's my. Stand by, Steve. We'll bring you back. You can finish your story here in moments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Whether you want to talk about the government restricting contributions to charity or whatever's on your mind, 855-450-FREE. You take control. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on the site. We give them to you, and uh, you can enjoy them like the archives. They go back to late 2006. Click and download. They're yours. The last seven days' worth at the top of the website. And then if you click into the archive section, you can go back for years' worth. Uh, plus, you can also grab them from our SoundCloud page. You can find the SoundCloud link under Listen and Share on the left-hand side at freetalklive.com. 
Just click the SoundCloud link there. Or if you are anywhere on the web and you want to go instantly to our SoundCloud page, just go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. You'll find each episode plus bonuses like the Edgington Post, which is Mark's interview series that he does on a fairly regular basis. Uh, You can download those through our SoundCloud page as well. And then click the share button on your favorite episodes to easily share them to your Facebook, Twitter, or various other social networking websites and profiles. Strategicsurvival.com is the website where you can go get the the book, whether it's the ebook or the regular uh, Dead Tree edition of uh, of Strategic Survival. And this is the kind of thing that you would want to have in a hard copy because it, it's something that you could use in the case of an emergency. Not only it has all all the information you're going to need in whatever sort of survival uh, situation might come along. It's easy to make fun of the preppers out there, and I'm sure folks of uh, listening to this show have done that. But you know, those preppers looked pretty good in New Jersey and New York when Hurricane Sandy or the Nor'easter or whatever they want to call that uh, came through. They had food, they had generators, they had power, they had what they needed. And Strategic Survival at strategicsurvival.com will give you the information on how to handle whatever the situation that life may throw at you, whether it's man-made or not. Um, It includes recommendations for training and practice so that you'll be uh, confident when some situation like this comes about. Again, it's strategicsurvival.com. It's a great book. It's well worth it. And it's the only one you're going to need in this particular area. You don't have to dig any deeper. You can, but this is what you need, strategicsurvival.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE. That is, again, the toll-free number here. We were discussing... Uh, the homeless banning, excuse me, banning contributions to the homeless shelters and such. And uh, let's see, also apparently the Colorado Drug Task Force is disbanding. This is not a very detailed uh, news article here, but uh, they, according to the Associated Press, the entire drug task force is disbanding over lack of resources. So that- is awesome. South Metro Drug Task Force serving Arapahoe, Douglas, and Elbert counties. Serving. I apologize. That's not the whole state. That's uh, that's one of their task forces. Uh, has been fighting drug crimes for 23 years. Now they're done for. Arapahoe County Sheriff Grayson Robinson said Thursday that investing limited resources to specific crimes is becoming more difficult because of a lack of funding. Drug enforcement will heretofore be handled by local agencies. So they're not going to stop the war on drugs, but the drug task force in those counties is being shut down. Step in the right direction. It, it, they're talking about funding, and fr- frankly, Colorado's had semi-legalized marijuana for a couple of years now with their medical mar- their relatively lax medical marijuana laws. And this goes to show what we've been saying on this show for 10 years now, that the war on drugs is a war on marijuana. The war on marijuana is what funds the operations on the rest of these drugs out there. More than half the arrests, Ian, is that right? More than half the, half the arre- drug arrests yep. are marijuana arrests. And many, many of those, I think it's like 80% of them, possession. are possession. Those people generally aren't going to jail. Those people are just being fined a, a great deal in some cases. The fine here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, in New Hampshire in general, is $420. That's a big chunk of change for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money and i think the i think the average person can sit there and say that 420 dollars would probably hurt their weekly budget 
I got one a couple of years ago in uh, Virginia, and it was three hundred and ninety dollars. Yeah, and that's what it's that's what it's like. And so that's how they go about funding these tax force task forces. We had Steve on the line. He had dropped off during the break. He is now back. Great. So uh, we've got Steve back. Uh, Steve, you, I think you said you were in North Dakota. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, Henry Gunter. I, I had, uh, Mark was talking about This was the guy night. that was really the last man shot in World War One, correct? That's correct. Last guy shot in World War One. shot in literally the very last minute of the war, officially. He's the last uh, official soldier killed. Um, he was a German-American. He was a first generation. His parents were born in Germany. He lived in Baltimore. Uh, and he um, he had written a letter. He had been busted from sergeant down to private because he had written a letter home about how crummy it was being in the army and how pointless the war was. And this was considered to be, you know, not not consistent with the, the goals of the of the nation, I guess. Uh, and and so they busted him down. And there was some murmuring and murmuring in his um, in his platoon that he was sympathetic to the Germans. And so during that last charge, everybody was told to stand down. He was, they were supposed to take an, uh, a, uh, a machine gun nest, a German machine gun nest. Right. And they were told to stand down because it, literally any minute the war was supposed to end. Well, they said that for no reason at all, he jumped up, grabbed his gun, ran towards the Germans shooting. And his friends said that what he, they believed was that he wanted to keep thought this was his last chance to prove to his uh, his fellow soldiers that he know he was not sympathetic to, to the Germans. This was his last opportunity. He ran towards them shooting, and the American soldiers tried to wave him back. The Germans tried to wave him away, but he was shooting, huh. at, shooting at him. So out of self-defense, they shot and killed him. They hit him right in the head. And then they went and collected up his body and brought him back to the Americans. Wow. So that kind of puts a little bit of a different, I mean, I don't want to say spin. That's not the right word, but it sort of fills in the blanks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and this is, you know, this is the kind of pressure that's put on uh, soldiers in the field. And you know, you'll hear every soldier, sailor, marine, um, say that the reason that they fight is for their compatriots there, the, the you know their their brethren on the battlefield. That it's you know that's what it comes down to. That you form this unit cohesion. And you feel this uh, this brotherhood with these people, and that's who you're trying to protect and who's trying to protect you. Right. It's the guy to your left and the guy to your right. And then the other thing, speaking about Armistice Day, Veterans Day, is that uh, this is a little-known fact, but it is a fact, and you can look it up. Uh, World War One ended two years ago. It ended in October of 2010, because October of 2010 was when Germany made its final payment of reparations to the Allies. Really? And, and you can look that up. Yeah, World War Two <laughs> lasted for 96 years. Or World, I'm sorry, World War One. World I War One. World War Two a lot, so I keep saying World War Two, but no, I'm yeah. talking about World War One. World War Two <laughs> is the one that sticks in people's heads, and World War One really is. I mean, World War Two is just the sec- is just part two of World War One. Yeah. It, uh, you yeah. know, it was completely set up by the Treaty of Versailles, and uh, you know the expectations uh, that were there. Of course, uh, General Blackjack Pershing and his uh, push for you know harsh terms on Germany d- certainly didn't help, and that's what allowed Hitler to. Uh, to rise to power. If the United States hadn't have gotten involved in World War One, likely there would have been no Hitler and no World War Two. Right. And in fact, when Hitler invaded France, one of the first things he did is he went and he looked for the exact railroad car that the Treaty of Versailles was signed in and he blew it up. Yeah. So 
you don't believe that World War II was inspired by World War One, just that fact alone right there, I think, kind of demonstrates it. Uh, the last thing, and I'll take this part off the air, is uh, I I have XM Radio. This is more addressed to Ian. I have XM Radio, and, you know, when you have XM Radio, you have a little screen, and it shows what station you're on, you know, like Ozzy's Boneyard yep. or Willie's Roadhouse or Outlaw Country or whatever it is. My fantasy is to one day be scrolling through and see Liberty Radio Network <laughs> on my XM Radio having its own channel. Well, now, that's a cool we fantasy. Where we are here to, to, to that. I'm sure if I gave XM enough money, uh, they would find the space for a channel like that. I'd love to know how much money that was. Uh, I would be curious to know that as well. I think there's people that would be willing to finance that. I, you think yeah. so? Well, if you know those people, I'd like to, to meet them because <laughs> I don't know any of those people. Uh, it'd be well, great if we agree, we could have people doing that. Hey, thanks that. for the call, Steve. If you're I appreciate one of those it. people, right. send me an email at mark at freetalklive.com. Yeah. I mean, if I thought that I could afford it, I would even look into it, but, you know. 855-450-FREE. Plus, there's no, more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want, toll free, 855-450-FREE. How much would you pay to snuggle with someone? 1-855-450-3733. We'll find out here in a moment what people will actually pay for that. Uh, you can also join us online over at freetalklive.com where you'll find a lot of features. We share them with you. If you enjoy the program, you can do various different things to help us out. One of those things is become a Free Talk Live AMP uh, amplifier. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is if we get enough money into the AMP uh, program, we can do things with it. So like advertise Free Talk Live to talk radio stations. We do that. Uh, but there are other things that we don't have enough money for. Like the last caller wanted us, you know, wanted to hear LRN.FM on XM. Now, uh, LRN.FM is sort of your hobby project where on online you can go to LRN.FM yep. and listen to some liberty-oriented pro- programs that you put together. It's That's a right. pretty darn professional operation. I think that the commercials repeat a little too often, but it's because not nobody's like, nobody's paid to pay attention to this thing. Well, you do right. your very I mean, best, but I don't. Uh, it's like you said, it's a hobby, so you're not out actively selling it, and you probably wouldn't want to bother because there aren't that many listeners to to sure, the thing. It's a website, right? Uh, you know, it's. I mean, it's a web stream. The stream is available to folks who want to rebroadcast it. Uh, so, like radio stations, like I was out actually in, in Keene today uh, with uh, Daryl. We were doing a, a sine wave for the local radio station that uh, that airs LRN.FM. And uh, there was one point at which uh, some young guys in a car cranked up their stereo and they were tuned to uh, Liberty 94.3. That's funny. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, getting on a system like XM would, there's two. Major hurdles. One cost. I don't know what they would charge per month, but I can tell you what I can tell you. I'm paying several hundred dollars per month for free to air KU band access for the channel, and I imagine XM is going to be significantly more expensive than that, and reach significantly more people. 
That's true. Yeah, you're talking about what an audience of 21 million people, I believe, on Sirius and XM together. Yeah, and so, potentially, right? So if if they had the band bandwidth to sell, which they may not, you know, they they only have so much bandwidth, right? So they can only fit so many channels uh, in in that space. Uh, if that right. was the, available, the Jesus folks have a lot of money to throw at this. You mean XM? Well, just I mean, you know, there's there's some Christian channels out there. Yeah, and XM the carries extra, some of that stuff. The extra, extra ones are probably being bought by people who have a religious motivation. I mean, and they tend to have deep pockets. Yes. So I mean, we're in competition with that. Yep, uh, and those cha- those channels do exist on XM. So I don't know what their agreements are with them or how much they cost, but I imagine it's several thousand dollars per month. That seems like a reasonable amount of money. And, uh, you know, so that's hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is you called it professional, Mark, and I appreciate that. And it doesn't sound... I said pretty professional. <laughs> it doesn't sound like trash. No. It sounds pretty good. In fact, I was listening through the, uh, the KU band channels the other day when I was playing with my satellite dish. And our channel's the best. I mean, just it sounds better than any of the other channels out there. It's just it's got a nice loud sound to it. You tune into it, and you know it's louder than all the other channels, and it's just good sound. Uh, but you know, now and then something goes wrong, and there's not a full 24-hour staff here. It's me. So if there's dead air, Ian's got to fix it. You know, so if I'm not around, then the dead air will continue until I can get to uh, either a laptop to log in remotely and, you know, try to fix it that way and or actually physically get back to the LRN.FM studios. And I don't know, like if I were XM, I would want to make sure that whoever was paying me for the airtime was providing a signal, you know, 24 hours a day without significant interruption. I mean, I guess if the money was right, they probably wouldn't care. But ultimately, you don't want your listeners tuning around and, you know, hitting dead air. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't happen that it doesn't happen that often, but it happens often enough to where, you know, I would be wary of it if I were them. So, eight five five four fifty free. But it's free for you if you want to go and check it out at lrn.fm. Let's go to the phone. So your jeans on the line in Portland, Maine. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Gene. Good evening, gentlemen and young lady. How are you doing? Hey. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, um, I just wanted to feedback on the uh, previous caller about uh, World War One. Uh, recalling from my old high school history, uh, high school American history class. Uh, right after, I believe, right when the uh, Treaty of Versailles was signed. The supreme commander of the French forces during World War One, a man named Marshal Ferdinand Foch, stated, and I quoted, and I quote, uh, "This isn't a peace treaty. Uh, this is an armistice for twenty years." So, wow, um, <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much knew what yeah, was going to happen. Uh, hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I did so, not. Uh, I, I don't remember that quote. I've you know done a little bit of studying on World War One. It's I'm fascinated by it, but uh, right. I you know, had never heard that particular quote. To just you know uh, let everybody know. I, you know, I can't. I can't remember. I can't recall the the, the uh, book or the uh, reference item I got that from. But I don't know. It's always it always stuck in my head for some reason. So well, they do and, call uh, it Armistice just, Day, right? And that's not peace treaty. That's a different thing. Well, the, the yeah, treaty actually exactly. didn't come out until later. Um, they, you know, the terms didn't come out. Essentially, the war stopped and had been stopped for over a month, mm-hmm. and then Before the Germany got its terms, and it was right. already basically screwed. The government was, uh, you know, they were in shambles. They they had been blocked off from a blockade for a very long time, and so their people were starving in the streets, and so the, their government was in the course of revolution. There was nothing they could do but accept the terms. Exactly. That's that's very true. I was going to say too. Uh, for further reading, I would suggest Jim Powell. I think he's still associated with the Cato Institute. Wrote a book about Woodrow Wilson. 
outlines what you guys had said, that mm-hmm. basically uh, uh, Germany and Britain were at, and France were at a standstill and were about ready to, you know, call it a halt. But then the uh, infamous Zimmerman note came out, and that's what uh, got the ball rolling with us. And of the sinking of Lusitania as well, which basically got, got us involved and uh, pretty much promoted, uh, you know, <laughs> made, made, it, made sure that... Uh, Hitler came to rise and crushed World War. The second part of World War One took place. Uh, also, uh, this propagated. Uh, let's not forget the propagated the Cold War because the United States, Great Britain, uh, you know, when France finally did it, Free France, the Free French French Army, and and these uh, powers basically supported Stalin in defeating mm-hmm. Hitler and cementing his power. We don't know how long. The, the failing Ru- Russian Revolution, Bolshevik Revolution, would have stayed in had they not been supported by the Allies. Right. Well, remember, remember too, uh, uh, Wilson landed troops, I believe, in St. Petersburg as well uh, during that whole malaise as The White well. Re- Revolution, yeah. So uh, my other point being, uh, you're talking about the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I laughed when I heard about the, what Mayor Bloomberg and his food police are trying to do <laughs> to... to uh, Halt private uh, charity. I mean, it's just basic. Whenever you hear something like that, I just think it's just the government hates competition when it yep. comes to providing. Service they want to be the sole provider. They want people to be so Absolutely. dependent on them and so <laughs> believing that they are so caring because they're they're coming at it from oh we we can't let you give this food to the homeless because it may not be good enough for them. We want to make sure that the food is you know really healthy for the homeless folks. So your bagels, you can just take them home because we don't uh, you know we can't test them. So they're trying to position themselves as though they're doing this for the good of the homeless, which is what's the you know the most twisted thing. Well, because this is the same organization that said pizza was a vegetable. <laughs> Gene, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. Yes, sir. We'll do eight five five four fifty free. What? There's tomato sauce on it. Tomato's not a vegetable. Uh sure, it is a vegetable. No, well, actually, fruit, it's a actually. fruit. Yes, you're right. It is a fruit, but uh, it. Tomato sauce, especially tomato sauce that they use in really cheap school pizza, is filled with sugar and all kinds of extra Corn crap. syrup. Yes. Yeah. Tomatoes are relatively, I mean, when you look at ketchup, it is tomato-flavored sugar paste. Yes. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And it's, you know, my, my wife has flips about uh, Jack, of course, being a child, loves ketchup on anything he can get it on. And, you know, she doesn't want him to have some, all these sweet things. So, you know, it's a big deal when he can when he can go to a restaurant with daddy and get himself mm. a lemonade and some ketchup with some french fries. That's it's special. A good, it's a good day, right? <laughs> so, and Obviously, that doesn't happen every day by any stretch. I, I don't try to undermine what she does. But yeah. I think that there's I think that there's a purpose for having uh, treats, g- treats and that kind of thing. But the idea that school calls ketchup. A vegetable is <laughs> right. ludicrous, and they've done the same thing with ketchup as they have with pizza. Really, yeah. I just think it's really ironic that the government, uh, because they have more ludicrous positions like this, and their food py- pyramid is is built in that way as well. That they could actually come out and say things like this, and also then turn around and say that they're concerned with people's health. And it's not just uh, this particular story about homeless people, but they recently in New York City did the soda thing, where all of a sudden uh, you can't buy a soda that's over a certain size. Right. You can buy two, but you can't buy a soda over the certain size. You can buy sodas over a certain size in certain places. Sodas over 16 ounces were banned from 
um, uh, gas stations, gas, gas right? stations, and Those other movie theaters, like movie theaters, right? So there's other places like stores. just a regular uh, subway or whatever. You'd be fine. I thought restaurants it was banned from too. Was it? There was I'd there were some places. Where I'm not in New York, and if you're in New York, don't you go know? By. Yeah, if you're in New York, you can call and tell us at eight five five four fifty free. But uh, coming up, we're going to tell you about cuddling, and apparently what its market value is. Will uh, I didn't know it had a market value, but it does because everything does. We'll tell you more here in moments. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you to bring up what you want here in hour number three of this edition of the program. 855-450-FREE is the number. That's brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So we're going to continue. We'll go with your phone calls and then talk about snuggling and how much it's worth. Because one lady, actually more than one apparently, getting paid to do it as a profession, full time. We'll Snuggling, not yeah. it. Cuddling, that's right. <laughs> uh, let's continue, though, with you and your calls. Uh, Sam is on the line listening in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Sam. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, and so, there's a lady here. Hey, Sam. Uh, I'm, um, I'm calling because last Friday, at the end of the call, I mentioned that the Apollo mission might have been faked, and Mark, that uh, conspiracy-phobic host of yours, laughed at me. And so I wanted to explain some I of think the... we both laughed uh, at, at that one. Well, I don't think Mark was there, though. Oh, okay, right. Friday. Sorry about that. Okay. Daryl would have been here. Yeah. No. Was so, it Johnson? Um, no. No. There's a... Well, Stanley Kubrick is who we were actually talking about, and uh, I referenced a very special camera lens that he was given by NASA. There was a French uh, documentary crew that interviewed his wife after he passed away, and she pulled the spec sheets and a thank you letter out of the safe, out of his safe, and showed it to the camera crew crew that was there interviewing and suggested that that was kind of so a, a really firm piece of evidence. Why would NASA give this multimillion-dollar satellite lens to some unknown film director that they have no relationship with? But the real crux of the whole... Uh, moon landing hoax around Apollo 11 is encoded in the movie The Shining. Is that something you guys have seen? I've seen it. 
It's okay. uh, it's the book. It's was that about it's, it's Stephen King uh, novel, Stephen right? King book, correct. Right. So it's and got Jack Nicholson in it. Uh, is, here's the, Johnny. Yep, the, he goes up uh, with his family to going to be the caretaker of this hotel up in the wherever it was. Somehow goes crazy or gets um, possessed or something. Yeah, and then uh, attempts to murder his family. That's right. And actually, um, some of the Stephen King fans were really angry at Stanley Kubrick over that movie because he departed from the book in a number of uh, of significant and really also insignificant ways. Mm-hmm. And it's because what's encoded in the movie, it's really his confession of how <laughs> and, and why he faked the Apollo 11 moon landing for NASA. Now, I have to say, this and, is interesting. Did Stanley Kubrick say, say this? Uh, well, okay. No, it's a theory. So, okay. It's, uh, the th- I just want to make sure. Now, this is a new theory, though. I've never heard this version. I mean, because I've seen the, the claims about the moon landing being faked. I've also seen the counterclaims that debunk the claims that the moon landing was fake, and those are also very interesting. Uh, but okay. this is the first time I've heard this one, so go ahead. And I'm not saying that that NASA and the U.S. government has not been to the moon. I think, you know, I've watched uh, Mythbusters where they did the, the moon landing and all that, and they show some really compelling evidence, like the reflector that's sending back the laser from the moon and giving you speed of light measurements and so forth. So I think absolutely governments have been to the moon. I'm saying that maybe what they did after the Gemini missions where they burned astronauts alive and had all these failures was that maybe they didn't want to put that live on primetime TV so that, A, the American people wouldn't see it if if something were to go wrong, but also so that, uh, you know, the Russians who were we were engaged in this Cold War with, or the, I'm sorry, the government was engaged in the Cold War with, uh, wouldn't see the kind of technology and advancements that were at the cutting edge of NASA's capability at the time. I mean, so, it's plausible so to the suggest. Su- suggestion is is that um, the United States put astronauts on the moon, but all the information we have about the moon landings is faked, right? Well, it's it's that yes, that what that what was presented to the public was faked. Was maybe done on a soundstage uh, using back screen projection, which is something that Stanley Kubrick was made famous for uh, from his movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is, you know, highly acclaimed and was groundbreaking for its time and and all of that. So it's that they went there, but maybe they didn't use the Saturn V rocket to go to the moon. And and there's all there's a, a great YouTube. It's possible, video. right? Like, I mean, it's a plausible suggestion that the government would have uh, set this up just to make it look like you know everything was peachy and that uh, you know to to essentially scam the American people would be the first time. Those astronauts must have been petrified on this mission. I mean, either that or they're just people that that uh, you know look at situations with the kind of bravery that I don't understand, yeah. and I don't believe that for a second. Um, uh, they must have been petrified on this mission to be in the dark vo- void of space, trying to land on a another b- body but, and then return. But ultimately, Sam, I mean, this just kind of falls into the category of, oh, wouldn't that be interesting, right? Because it doesn't really have any bearing on what's going on today, right? Well, no, I think it does, uh, and that's you know, I'll I'll be calling in over the coming weeks and so forth, and kind of building a, a bigger picture that I think will really reshape kind of what people accept as reality if you go and look into it. And this is just another one of those pieces. Um, 
So the thing I would suggest for those that really find what I'm talking about interesting is to go to YouTube and watch uh, The Shining Code. It's uh, like an hour and a half um, sort of documentary that takes the symbolism and the embedded codes in The Shining and lays them out, shows you the background of what was going on and so forth. And then you can go and watch The Shining and see, you know, all of these things kind of unfold and you'll get a very very different perspective. I want to give you some of the highlights that were in there. And like you mentioned, it was uh, Jack Nicholson. Was the only the thing movie. that was good about The Shining was Scatman Crothers. He was great in that movie. But Scatman uh, was in The Shining? Yeah, he played uh, the, I believe the he did, I believe he played the bellhop. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, so there's Jack and Danny, and in the movie, these two guy, these two characters, Danny's the little boy, uh, they they represent Stanley Kubrick. Jack is more of the practical business side, whereas Danny uh, is more of the artist. He's he's psychic in the movie. He gets these visions and so forth. And uh, it starts out by Jack is going into the hotel, and there's all kinds of symbolism around the letter A and the number eleven. Uh, you know, if you watch the Apollo the code, eleven, you'll see this. For Apollo 11, correct. Interesting. And the when he when he goes into the office to meet with the the current manager, that guy represents uh, the U.S. government or the NASA guy when he went in to interview for uh, this work that he did on the Apollo 11 mission. And you can see that because they're, the guy's wearing red, white, and blue. There's a eagle on the right behind him on the windowsill, and of course the name for the uh, module that landed on the moon. Was it's fascinating. Illegal. It's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. I mean, you know, the the person that came up somebody with somebody had some time, was really able to put these things yeah. together, draw a lot of comparisons. And this goes on. And, and how long is this documentary about? About an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. But there's a really key scene in there that right. I want to tell you guys about, and that is, um, I'll skip over some of this. Basically, he's throwing a ball against the wall when he's supposed to be working on his novel, and the ball eventually disappears into the darkness of the hotel, and later Danny's playing on the carpet, and it shows a high shot over his head. And, of course, the pattern on the floor looks like the launch pad where the Apollo rocket was launched from, and the ball rolls up, and he picks up the ball, and then he stands up. And on his sweater is sewn on a rocket, that says Apollo 11. And then what does he do? He takes the ball, he walks down the hallway to room 237. Now, in the Stephen King book, it was room 217. But the aware observer would note that the average distance between the sun and the moon is 237,000 miles. <laughs> the, the sun and the earth? Excuse me, the moon and the earth? Exactly. Now, the day before, he had a vision of the previous couple, the previous caretakers where uh, the guy was told the father went crazy and killed them all. Um, all right, so so for somebody that wants to uh, spend their time on this, what was the, the video again? The Shining Code. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate hearing uh, from you tonight. 855-453. A custom carpet would really have to be difficult to uh, to come across, and somebody would really wonder about it. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. 855-453 is the number, and that number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And you can bring up anything that you want, as proven by uh, Sam's call there. Uh, He's bringing up this conspiracy theory that suggests that not only was the moon landing faked... But it takes it to the next level because we've heard the moon landing theory before. That one's been you know, somebody called about that one, and, and then we found some of these other. There's like there's a bunch of claims about you know if you look at the video of the moon landing that oh well this proves that it's fake. This proves that it's fake. You know they, they highlight certain things in the video, and you can go online and you can find the counter arguments to all of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's an interesting exercise in futility, you know, re- learning about all this. And yep. it's Get a good way to hand, watch, uh, be entertained. Right. You know? We've got a bunch of, you know, we've got the luxury of having free time to watch television and things like that. So, you know, why not watch something like this? Uh, but it takes it to the next level, this this theory, and says that not only was the moon landing faked, but it was actually Stanley Kubrick who was hired to do it. And not only was he hired to do it, but he made The Shining all about how he was hired to do the moon landing. So, I mean, it takes the moon landing conspiracy and really cranks it up to 11. Uh, So we posted the... I haven't watched the video. I'm just going on what Sam said about it. But we did post the link to the video that he was recommending on our Facebook and Twitter, if that's something you want to spend your time on. I don't see why it matters, but I guess Sam is going to call in over the course of the next few weeks and tell me why it matters. That's, so. That is what he said. Yeah, so, so we'll uh, we'll find I could out. I be wrong. I've been wrong before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 855-453. I know I have. Uh, 1-855-450-3733. So, you know, you can really bring up absolutely anything here. Let's go to the phones and talk to Barry listening in Charleston, West Virginia, to WVTS. Hey, Barry. Hey, how are y'all? Hey, what's on your mind I tonight? I called uh, a couple of days ago, and I was talking about uh, they uh, legalized marijuana in Washington State and uh, Colorado. That's right. And right, and I, one of you said, "Well, you know, that doesn't." Oh, I know what it was. The federal government, I think, is going to get involved because I think uh, I was going to compare that with the Arizona law about the immigration. They stepped up their immigra- immigration law, and the federal government got involved. And I just heard on my uh, radio station, v- uh, WBTS, that uh, the president of uh, Mexico is kind of upset because the war on drugs, if these two states legal, well, these two states legalize these drugs, it's going to, uh, I guess, uh, it's going to deter the war on drugs. That makes no sense whatsoever. You can grow pot anywhere. So. Right. Well, the, a lot of marijuana does come across the border. There's no doubt about it. And 
you know, I mean, you know, Mexico and many South American, South and Central American countries have expressed an interest in ending the war on drugs. The leaders in these countries, because they see the damage that's done. Uh, Honduras specifically is uh, probably the best example out there. But it's, but it's not that good. I mean, the best marijuana is, is grown in the mountains, and uh, well, you know, West Virginia is pretty well. The best marijuana, in my opinion, is Meigs County, Ohio, because they have bat caves, and the guana is, it just grows marijuana great. So. Well, well, I'm not going to dispute that. But, there's a um, lot of pot out there. and The very uh, best tomatoes are probably grown in Italy. However, we get most of our tomatoes in this country from Mexico. You have some tomatoes you're growing in your own backyard, and they were very good. I recommend those. I re- recommend any tomato that you grow. Uh, you know, I'm just saying that just because the ve- the best stuff might be grown in bad caves in, uh, in you, Ohio. Do you think the federal government will get involved? I, I, I in, wouldn't in, doubt that the federal government is going to try to get involved you in You mean this. in Colorado and Washington? I suspect you'll probably see a lawsuit uh, attempting to assert federal control over those states uh, to challenge states' rights. The worst thing that can happen to the DEA is that they attempt to get involved and then fail. And if they have millions of people that are just kind of streaming past like ants. Here's what happened when uh, the, the wall fell in East Berlin. Uh, basically, they said uh, that we're, we are going to take down the wall. That's my, uh, I don't know, East Berlin accent. And uh, they, you know, and then the reporter asked, when? And then the, the you know, the supreme leader or whatever this guy uh, is, this says, I, I, I guess now. And then people just rushed the wall. I mean, people came out of their houses. They were listening to state TV and state radio or whatever. They rushed out of their houses and they began to tear the wall down. These soldiers that were standing at the wall did have guns. They could have shot mm. some of this people, this wave of thousands of people coming out. Like the at end them. of V for Vendetta. But you could, I mean, you, what are you going to do? You're one man with a rifle and there's a hundred people rushing at you. You might as well drop your rifle, turn around and run with them. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the war between the states, yeah, I know it was about slavery and all that, but it was about states' rights. And yes. We lost our states' rights. States' rights to slavery, yes. So, well, it was also about well, taxation. That's true. And it's wonderful talking to you all. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call, Barry. I appreciate your thoughts. It was also about taxation and uh, in, you know unfair levels of it uh, being imposed on the South versus the North. Uh, they were it, attempting to. The North was attempting to pressure the, the pressure the South in, in many different ways to yeah. end slavery, and you know it was a despicable institution, no doubt about it. So yeah, I think that you you might see some sort of federal lawsuit uh, to assert their dominance over those states. You might also see what's continued happen, raids. Once of you see legalized vendors. marijuana in in you know a state like this over a period of time, you know how are they going to unlegalize it once you have a lawsuit that goes through over the course of years? That's a good point, Mark, and and you know that's just me speculating. What the yeah. hell do I know? Oh, I doubt, wouldn't doubt you're right. And as I understand, Alaska well, well it had, won't stop them from going in and raiding the you know the distribution points. I mean, that's what they've been doing in California, where they'll just go into a medical pot shop, take all their pot, take their cash, and then walk out the door without charging anyone with anything. And then, how do you get your money back? You're and, screwed. Um, the Alaska decriminalized marijuana for a period of time and then recriminalized it essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of things that these states can do. You could make marijuana illegal, and see the problem with okay, they made marijuana legal so that they can tax it. What if they made the fine for possession of a pound of marijuana and under $1? It's a $1 fine. 
then at that point the police would never bother giving out the fine. Right. And it's not worth their it time. would operate in a decriminalized fashion that would frankly be preferable. And the, what, what could the federal government do about that? Yeah, I agree. The decriminalization uh, is the best way to go about this, and we've yet to see a state tr- try decriminalization because they always Ann Arbor, create... Michigan had a $25 ticket for possession of marijuana under a certain amount. I mean full decriminalization. Well, I'm, just, I'm suggesting yeah. decriminalization from that standpoint. If you decriminalize, the federal government's going to do the same thing to the state. The state could just say, well, we don't have any responsibility. You go after the uh, distribution centers if you want them to shut down, I suppose, under full decriminalization. Well, I can't imagine that that's what they won't do. Like, I saw an article and it actually said that they weren't interested in going after sick people. They were just interested in going after the drug dealers. They being the DEA. And that, first of all, yes, they being the, the DEA. Sick First of all, I don't believe that at all because they they have definitely targeted medical marijuana clinics in California. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what kind of incentive this will be. Like, I would be right, scared. Like, to, all of a sudden they found compassion. Right. I would be scared to open up this business in Colorado because, I, I mean, I guess you would, I don't know, you'd have to have some strategy involved in not having all of your assets all in product, one place. Yeah. Because I, I would take the cash out multiple times in. per day, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. 855-453, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. There are businessmen who are willing to take those risks, though, I bet. We'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to watch. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Free Talk Live, you take control of the airwaves. If you dial in toll-free, 1-855-450-3733, you can bring up anything you want. And joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. 1-855-450-FREE. Join us online over at freetalklive.com, where you can enjoy various different features that we share with you for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their site, Head over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy a lot of stuff. Archives, the webcam, news updates. In fact, if you want to sign up for our news updates, I would recommend you go to news.freetalklive.com. We have an email list, which is the way to guarantee you'll see absolutely everything that we send out. Uh, And that'll be just the most important information about Free Talk Live. If you follow us on Twitter or Facebook, you'll get more than just what's the most important. You'll get stuff that's less than the most important. Uh, You'll get observations during the show, posted uh, show prep content, sometimes (laughs) questions, uh, that sort of thing. So go to news.freetalklive.com, sign up for whatever method is your preference, email, Twitter, Facebook, more than one of them, all three if you like. They're all free, news.freetalklive.com. BitInstant.com is the place to go to get Bitcoins. It's the fastest, safest, easiest way to get Bitcoins. And, you know, in the Bitcoin world where things are just emerging, the little guys can kind of drop the ball. BitInstant.com is probably the biggest Bitcoin company out there, a company that deals directly in, uh, with Bitcoins. Uh, you can trust them. We've been to their offices. They're great guys, and they're running a great operation. BitInstant.com. 
And, uh, you know, if you need to find out more about Bitcoins, I'm going to talk to you about them here in uh, just uh, shortly. It's bitinstant.com. Let's go to the phones, and then we'll talk about snuggling and what's going on with a woman and, her, I guess, a, a partner of hers that are, are hiring themselves out as professional snugglers. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, John is listening in Carson City, Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Hi, Ian. Hey. What's on your uh, mind? I just wanted to thank all three of you for your service, along with everyone else at Free Talk Live. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks. I'm you know, not serving. I work for a living. You, you know, uh, I am serving. You have to serve people in order to uh, to get, you know, ahead in life. You have to give people what they want. Uh, and therefore, you have to serve them with what they're looking for. All right, so I appreciate that. And, you know, th- what's better than thanks is to share us with other people. Like, it's cool for you to say thanks and I appreciate it. But the best thing you can do for us is to share Free Talk Live with uh, friends on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, word of mouth recommendation. Some other things that are useful to become members. Members of the AMP program for five bucks a month. Call a local radio station and ask for the show to get picked up if you don't hear it in your local area. Do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive. Yeah, those are all good ways to thank us. But go ahead with your thoughts, sir. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll do those things. Um, Thanks. The, uh, there was a caller yesterday from Mark and Stephanie, a, a veteran of Vietnam vet, I believe. Yep. Who, who was, uh, who was uh, talking about how he thought it was, you know, special... Uh, the way uh, you know veterans have served their you know their country, and uh, but he couldn't point to a military action in his lifetime that he would defend as actually useful to the country. Hmm. Not Vietnam, not the current wars going on, and you know there's just this big moral disconnect I see in this in what I call super citizen worship with the soldiers. I don't I don't uh, like to. You know, I don't go out of my way to pick on soldiers, but, you know, when they start talking about what, you know, what an important thing they do, well, they're not really serving me by taking orders from Obama or George Bush. Yeah. Right. There's, I guess there's two options to feel. Like if you dis- disagree with foreign war, um, you know, this foreign war, but maybe you think that other ones were, were, were good. Um, but if you come to the conclusion that every war in your lifetime was probably a misuse of the military— um, I guess there's two conclusions you can come to, and one of them's difficult to sustain for me. One of the conclusions is is that um, you know that the military is uh, basically an organization of people that uh, kill people and break things for uh, money, uh, and they work for politicians who most Americans think are liars and thieves. So that's one possibility of things that you can think about people, and I've heard that posited, and I, I would love to hear a defense against that. Um, the other possibility of what you could think is is that soldiers are brave men and women um, that uh, you know are thinking ahead that they really that they're they're out there patriotic people that aren't doing it for the college money they're not doing it for the uh, uniform and the girls they might get they're not doing it because they don't have any real prospects um, you know in life out of college that they're doing it for their patriotism and that they're good people they're just being misled by the politicians and. That they're looking, that they look through history and they see that other soldiers were misled, but that absol- but they're still absolved with because of their patriotism of any uh, sort of wrongdoing of being misled again. And I don't know how to really rebut uh, either of these, but I kind of think that the the second one doesn't really hold much water. It just doesn't make much sense to me. No, I don't admire people for being you know misled to such a. To such a great extent. Now, I was going to sign up for the military. I'd like to point out the mysticism we have about worshiping the military. I think it's uh, 
it's something that we really have to push back against, although it's hard because it's, it's a very volatile taboo. Yeah. Well, people's kids died. I mean, people's kids are dying for this country. If you're dying over in Afghanistan or dying in um, Iraq or one of these places where the war doesn't seem to make sense, or even as the, the, the caller said in, Af- in uh, Vietnam where, you know, he said this war just didn't make any sense, but that's what he came to the conclusion later. You're telling the mother of that son, this gold star mother, you're saying that her son died for nothing. And... That's really that's tough. tough. That's a tough message to deliver. And the veterans pay the biggest price. The uh, you know not just do they die, but they lose limbs, they lose their minds. And to tell these people that lost so much that the reason that they fought was silly yeah. uh, or political for political reasons for fat politicians to have political gains and to for corporations to have uh, you know financial gains. That's a really tough message for them to swallow because it means that whatever they sacrificed, they sacrificed it for nothing. Mm. And they sacrificed greatly. Well, you know, sacrifice, I mean, I don't know if it's a sacrifice to, you know, to say, I'm going to take this risk for this money. Yeah. Yeah, I get you, I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but the deal stu- stunk. So they, at 18 years old, they took a deal, and that deal yeah. was you're going to get paid whatever amount of money it is. We're going to give you college, and you know the statistically they sacrificed their future for that deal, whatever it was that that convinced them to join up. They sacrificed whatever well, else they could have created. And it, there are a lot of cases where recruiters just completely lie about what job they're going right. to be doing. So you could be thinking you're signing up for a completely different job and not going to be in combat or something like that, yep. and then you could get sent get overseas duped. and you have no say in it whatsoever. And there's a reason that they sell this to 18-year-olds and not to 40-year-olds. Because they're uneducated. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about during the break how um, you know young people just don't plan ahead. They d- tend not to save money. Uh, you know, when I was young, I went to concerts and I blew my ear, my hearing out. You know, yep. and I hear, uh, you know, wee noises in my oh, ears no. now because I, I literally sat in a giant speaker one time at a at a punk rock concert. I mean, these are the kind. These are the kind of poor planning you sat in the speaker. In the speaker. Um, <laughs> How do you do that? Well, it was a big speaker. Wow. So it was like the little bass cannons that were in there. It was like yeah, something. I mean, it was sitting wow. in the speaker and Crazy. the. Uh, you know, I mean, this is the kind of planning that goes on. So you, you, the only way you can sell here's a job that you're going to get paid really poorly. You're going to cool uniform, and lots of people respect you. But mm-hmm. the chances of you dying are higher than any other job. And you'll probably let's not forget the depleted uranium, the blown off limbs, the uh, D- PTSD, and all mm-hmm. these other possibilities that turn into probabilities when you're talking about uh, foreign wars going on. You can't sell that to a 40 year old. You have to sell that to an 18 year old. Yeah. Besides, uh, 40-year-olds have really aches and pains. disconnect in the caller who is saying, well, I can't point to anything good that the military's done in my whole life, but we still deserve credit for it. Yeah. Oh, we still got to support the troops, even though because, they've never... You know, we still deserve credit for doing something that wasn't helpful at all. I didn't hear that from the caller. Um, what I heard from the caller was is that he respects the people in the military. He was in the military. and But that... You know, Even that most of these things, thing. that, that, that what they are respected for has been misplaced. John, thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate the okay. call tonight. 855 450 free. Cuddling coming up. That's a lot more uh, friendly than military uh, <laughs> war. So there needs to be more cuddling. If there was more cuddling, then maybe we would have less war. Uh, so we'll find out how you can get cuddling without actually having to have a loved one. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Even in the remaining moments, enough time for you and your thoughts. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. If you would like, you may support the show. And one of the ways you can do that is by shopping with us. Shop.freetalklive.com allows you to access Amazons uh, from different countries. Click into the right Amazon for you and just get your shopping done. You've got holiday shopping to do for your family members, loved ones, the boss, whoever it is you're shopping for. You can probably find exactly what you need through shop.freetalklive.com. And when you do it, you get the same great prices you're used to in Free Talk Live benefits because we get a cut of the sale. So once again, shop.freetalklive.com. Bitcoins, I mentioned them in the last segment. want to tell you what they are. Bitcoins are an online, peer-to-peer open source currency for the internet and you, know, you can use them in real life but uh, you know they, they are certainly integral to the internet with bitcoins you can send and receive money uh, payments anywhere in the world it virtually instantly without having to pay any fees so you can send money quickly to somebody in Botswana uh, as long as they've got a computer you've got a computer you can send money to them with bitcoins, you don't have to pay any fees to do it. It's an amazing technology. It allows micropayments, uh, which is going to uh, really free things up on the internet, and it gives you complete control of your own bank account. With uh, blockchain.info, you can get a fast and easy uh, bank account, uh, you know, Bitcoin account that is encrypted in your browser, or you can download at weusecoins.org. You can download the Bitcoin software, and it'll update the blockchain. That can take a while to uh, to get done and get started, but you can get started really quickly with blockchain.info. Mm-hmm. With blockchain.info's wallet, you can do some special things. You can send payments to people's Facebook accounts, your friends' Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. to people's email accounts, uh, to phone numbers, pe- people's phone numbers, and you know, so many people around the world. They don't have computers. They've got cell phones. And you can do business with people over their cell phones this way. It is to go find out about uh, that blockchain.info for that account. And we use coins.org to find out more about. Actually, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. We've got links there. Okay. Great idea. 855-450-FREE. Tell me, Julia, about how I can hire a professional snuggler. Yes, I wanted to talk about something a little nicer than war and elections because that's what we've been well, at least I've been talking about the past couple times that mm-hmm. we've been on the show. I've been on the show. So I found this article. It's from the Daily Mail. And it is about a professional cuddler who makes $260 a day by inviting strangers into her home to take a nap. $260 a nap? Yeah, well, per day. A snuggling nap. There's a lot of pictures of her snuggling. So, <laughs> Well, that's what she does for a living. <laughs> yes. Uh, spooning peacefully in a double bed, this pair could be any normal couple on a Sunday morning. But revisit the scene an hour later, and Jackie Samuel will be curled up in the arms of another man. Someone else. <laughs> the twenty-nine, the twenty-nine-year-old is a professional cuddler. She turned to snuggling with strangers to help pay for her studies and provide for her young son. What does she get? What, what does she get for a snuggling? Uh, it says here that she makes up to $260 a day and cuddles with 30 men a week, including war veterans. However, her business, The Snuggery, has not gone unnoticed and her college has threatened to expel her. <gasps> what? While others have called her a prostitute. A prostitute? She said, I think I, think I was born knowing how to snuggle. I think everybody was born knowing how to snuggle. It's a very natural thing, right? Snuggling is pretty simple. 
Uh, well, yeah. I mean, from birth, uh, humans. That's, that's true. Your mother probably snuggled with you. Well, I mean, while you're in the womb, you're technically snuggling at that point. Uh, you can't not snuggle there. And there certainly is a lot of evidence to show that, uh, you know, after birth, parents that have contact with their kids, their kids turn out better. Like they're less likely to be serial killers, sure. for instance. Sure. So contact, really good idea. And um, she continues, I think I think clients come to me for all different kinds of reasons. Some of my older clients, their wives have passed away and they just need someone to lay with to experience touch with. Some of my younger clients are between relationships. Some are in problematic relationships and some are just curious and they come to find out what it's going to be like. She's making about $95,000 a year cash, by the way. Uh, Jackie advertises at all. her services online and charges $60 an hour. If she's got 30 clients a week at $60 an hour and one hour per client, she's making about ninety five grand nice. in U.S. dollars. I'm doing the wrong thing. I <laughs> Tax free. Tax free. I'm a little... Cash. I, I've got to say I'm a little disturbed by the... Why? Uh, the, the well, just the, the concept. I mean, it, it seems a little weird, but... It's very personal. It's very personal. And there are a lot of people I wouldn't want to cuddle with. Well, does it seem weirder than sex for money? It does. Why? Just me. because you've never heard of this before? Well, that that the two that's certainly the case. But this is it's more intimate in many ways than sex for money. It's less throwaway. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I I think it's I, I think it's fine, and I think that uh, human touch is really important for the mental well being of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I don't I, you know, being a man I can certainly understand how this would be uh, you know could, could be a valuable thing if uh, you know the, if you don't have somebody to snuggle with you need somebody to snuggle with and uh, you know sixty bucks an hour obviously it's worth it to some clients. I'd be more interested in that. Like, if I were looking to purchase a service like that, I would be more likely to purchase a cuddler than a whore. <laughs> uh, Most whores would probably cuddle with you. This is probably true. Yeah. But they'd be more expensive. It's probably more like $300 an hour as you, opposed to 60 Depending on the lady that you hire, there's different uh, sure. uh, levels of uh, quality and price. But... You know, you don't have the risk of uh, sexually transmitted diseases this way. And as you said, it is a very intimate uh, act. I'm wondering uh, now, does she get groped? It's not like generally when I uh, do, a, do a cuddling, somebody's going to get groped at some point. You mean like to grab her butt or something? Like some that? some yeah. parts, parts right. are going to get touched. Okay. So it says here that the cuddling can take place anywhere in the cottage, but most choose the bed. Mm-hmm. They are banned from touching parts of her body covered by underwear, which she wears underneath the pajamas. The business has done so well that she's even hired another snuggling profession. Her apprentice has yet She can't to, handle the hours. It's yeah. too much. Her apprentice has yet to take on a client by herself, but she has joined Jackie on two occasions in what they have termed a double cuddle. Whoa. I wonder if you get that for the same price. I doubt no, it. No, you probably have to pay extra. Despite her strict rules on so sexual special for special clients. Yes. Despite her strict rules on sexual activity, Jackie has received a barrage of emails and phone calls slamming her as a prostitute. That's horrible. She added, some have said I'm worse than a prostitute because they think snuggling is more intimate than sex. I wonder how I many think that it's more intimate than sex. Well, now, isn't this something that goes back to something you've said on the air before, Mark, about how you know women hold certain keys to uh, sexual activity with men? Certainly. And so, therefore, some women are really jealous of uh, prostitutes. 
and in this case, it's that same jealousy, right? Because they're essentially it's competition, right? They're they're adding competition to the marketplace that you can just buy rather than having to jump put through up all with whatever her crap is. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I mean, the fact is that some people stay in relationships, male and female, and put up with crap that they wouldn't otherwise put so up. So they with can have intimacy if they could have you know intimacy or sex or whatever it is. So I think that some people out there feel the competition, not necessarily the people that put that give the crap, but I think that. They're certainly part of them. That's why I would go out on a limb and suggest most of these uh, people calling her a prostitute are women. That's just going to be my guess. I would imagine. So it doesn't say. um, It does say. The Bible has no prescription against cuddling. Right. Um, It does say that uh, Tim says that he, uh, Jackie's Cuddles, has helped him following a bad breakup and described the session as meditative. However, Hmm. he said he would. He would not continue to see her while in a relationship. There's no uh, cheating immoral. Or there's no cheating element. It's not immoral. I just think it would be inappropriate. I would agree. Is it cheating? Probably. I would think that it would th- be found inappropriate by many people. I think so, too. Yeah. Because it's very intimate. But well, so what? There are single people in the world, and there are people like widowers and things like this. I, I you know, She's doing a service as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I think she's heroic. I think it's a great uh, service. I'd be interested in seeing some kind of study that showed you know, mental health, that, that uh, addressed mental health in this, um, in this area with uh, you know, cuddling sessions. I'd be interested in seeing studies that had to do with rape in a given area where uh, you know, prostitution and cuddling were uh, – you know, this, this kind of cuddling thing were allowed to be – Would rape uh, go down? Legal. I'm just interested. Yeah. Um, you know, many people it's, – it's verboten to say that rape might be sexually driven in, the, in our society. It must always be said that it's Dominance. controlled. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a control driven. I'm not entirely I think that's con- probably true in a lot convinced of, of that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm certainly not a, an expert, but I'd be interested in seeing. I mean, you studies. were in prison for nine years. I mean, did you ever get an insight, any insight into that? I've seen some people that seem to be very sexually driven. Mm-hmm. and Well, um, there's rape porn out there, which shows that there's a market for rape fantasy. It seems, right? it seems like those two things are somehow collapsed together. That sexuality and domination together. And I don't know. I think this is great news, though, that a lady has found a way to make some money for herself and provide us something that's a very valuable a service, obviously. 60 bucks an hour. That's more than I charge for production work. See you tomorrow online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Hi, I'm Derek J. To me, an activist's calling is to actively work to advance a cause. The cause for which I work is personal freedom. I believe my life is best when I engage in voluntary interactions and self-government. I reject the idea that anyone else has a higher claim to my life or my body than I do. I see people who call themselves the government as a threat to my personal freedom. I realize you may feel differently, but my relationship with the people who call themselves the government is completely involuntary. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com.